0: This is Chairman Mark N. Fox, uh, and I am the chairman of the Mandan Hidatsa and Rick Ra Nation, also known as the Three Affiliated Tribes.
1: Appreciate you coming on the program here today. I wanted to find out a uh, little bit what's going on with the mineral issue in regards with the state of North Dakota and your tribe. I, got, uh, I read a news article on it, and of course, this has been... Um, we've been following the one under Lake Sakakawea and then there's a couple of other ones. But, uh, before we get into the thematic of the state going after, um, uh, challenging mineral rights, uh, just explain kind of from your perspective, what's going on there, why it even hit the news, why this became an issue, if you wouldn't mind.
0: Well, it's an issue now for us, uh, because, uh, it, as far as I'm concerned, it was more politically and economically motivated and certainly uh, broke legal precedent. But the real reason why we're sitting here talking about it right now is that uh, there's oil beneath that riverbed and there's been drilling and production and now royalties placed into escrow that is quite significant. And if there wasn't, I really don't think the state would care.
1: Well, I think you're probably right on that, but what? How did the mineral rights become into question? It's it's um, that part is perplexing to me, I guess.
0: Well, it's it goes back that that river, the riverbed, the land, everything preceded uh, ownership way before North Dakota became a state, way before the United States became a government, and so by you know later on, subsequently treaties and actions taken by executive action taken by united states government it was determined uh, that you know like i said treaties all the way up to executive actions that this riverbed belongs to the tribes and most importantly these are called m opinions and the oldest and the most precedented m opinion came in 1936 so we're looking at approaching you know 85 years you know do my math right here i guess but uh uh you know um or, or more here um no let's see let me do my math here was that 36 64 yeah 85 years almost and and um that opinion said you know in regards to uh who owned uh, an island out in the river bed area and the opinion of the united states government government to its interior um, 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 department said in the same thing in am opinion and the inspector uh, of the uh, interior said it belongs to the three affiliated tribes us and it's been in standing since that time the 1930s 1972 and some other actions were taken of subsequent laws were passed and they always referenced the ownership. The ownership belonging to the three affiliated tribes. We had no doubt in our mind it preceded that and then it, it, it uh, was maintained by us all until this time. Well, when I became chairman I, you know, because of what was going on with the riverbed, not, not the surrounding area, the taken area, mind you. There's a distinct difference between the riverbed and what we call the taking area, taken by the Corps of Engineers for the, the Garrison Dam, the Pixelone program, and flooding of our lands. Now, that land where the water moved out and covered land previously owned by tribe, previously owned by tribal members, previously owned by even some a few non-tribal members, was taken by the federal government for the dam. That's different. The riverbed is what has flowed through for thousands and thousands of years where we lived along that river. we Our economies, our culture, everything, our dependency, our Aboriginal Trade Center, everything was focused on the river, even to the point where anthropologists, you, know, you study anthropology, anthropologists refer to our tribes, our three tribes, as riverine tribes, meaning all our, our belongings and everything we do is uh, alongside the river, and everybody knew that. Uh, the first uh, war declared against, you know, uh, a tribe west of Mississippi it was against the Chickasaw in on 1825. You probably saw the movie Revenant, right? And if you saw that movie Revenant, that's what they're referencing. They're trying Hollywood's version, though, of trying to uh, uh, talk about a historical event. The historical event was the Chickasaw War of 1823 where fur traders of the United States were trying to come up the river and bypass our Aboriginal trade system were threatening our economy and along the river uh, and, and where other tribes were coming to trade and, and it resulted in that war. And then a treaty in 1825 in which it said, all this land is yours, including both sides of the river and the river itself. And so th- this was established, our usage and ownership from that point forward. And so we get up to now, well, let's go back uh, what they refer to as the Obama opinion. So we weren't relying on that. We already have precedents set, 1936 opinion, other laws citing to our ownership. We simply told BIA, do your job, Department of Interior, do your job, record the tracks, record the deeds, get everything done like it typically does everywhere else along the river and along the taken area. Get those things done so we can continue with our production, continue with our development of oil and gas, our energy program at Fort Berthel. And uh, when we attempted to do, when we're asking for that, under the previous administration, around about uh, 2015, I got on in, in, in November 2014. 2015, when we asked for them to just do their job, We were told that they were going to do a secondary M opinion. And we said, why? What's the purpose? They said, well, it'll just strengthen your case. It will make it stronger and, uh, you know, and there'll be no doubt in anybody's mind about this M opinion uh, from the 36th one. We didn't like it. We said it wasn't necessary. We already have the law in place. Well, and it was only supposed to take a few months. But what ended up happening a few months turned into a few years then you had the election in 2016 november 2016 with president trump although the opinion was set to be released they didn't untimely and a bad choice they didn't release it uh, prior to the election what they did do is in january it was all completed and done uh the the uh, secretary of interior went ahead and agreed and signed up and they had a second opinion that came out it's now what they refer to as the obama opinion M opinion that came out in January 2017, prior to the new president being sworn in. So now you have 36 subsequent laws, subsequent actions taken, determinations made about ownership, and then now in 2017, Tribe owns it. And so what ends up happening, uh, it, it took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but then you came up uh, with a, a, an action taken. I believe if I get my dates right, I might be wrong here. I'm trying to get my dates right, but I think it was June of 2018. In June of 2018, maybe it was 17, I'm sure, but we get a call from the Secretary of Interior's office, the Assistant Secretary, uh, Acting Assistant Secretary of Indian Affairs, John Tasuda. John Tasuda says, well, uh, you know, Chairman and, and Legal Counsel John Fredericks is on the phone with me. He says... We, uh, we, we have to give you news that we're going to, even though uh, technically they had already signed off, they were giving us notice that they were going to stay the 2017 opinion and, 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 and with te- suspend it, uh, temporarily withdraw is the term, suspend it, its application and temporarily withdraw it. We asked, why are you doing this? And they said, we want to go ahead and conduct our own research and strengthen it. You've got to remember, Department of Interior, the United States government is the trustee over these lands. These lands are titled United States of America, held in trust for the benefit of tribe, period. That's what, what trust land is. And so here's the Secretary of Interior, Assistant Secretary saying, we're your trustee, we're going to make this stronger, we're going to research this and, and strengthen your case, and there'll be no doubt about ownership. We said they should, there's no reason for that. And if you want to do research on it for your own own purposes to answer senators and congressmen, that's fine. You do that on your own, but you need to let that opinion stand, and they need to let the, the staff do their work and complete what needs to be done. In the meantime, drilling had occurred, most of it illegally because we didn't approve of it, and, and production is ongoing for, for four or five years, and now you have a significant... Seven-figure you know, uh, amounts and eight-figure amounts inside uh, of, of royalties collected. And so basically hundreds of millions of dollars. And so we objected to it and said That's, there's no reason for it. But we also knew that they obviously had a political plan to undo our ownership. And so uh, you see what happened just this past 30 days is the end result of that. They went out and they began to do their research, quote unquote, and and then ended up bringing back one of their staff attorneys that said, ended in an opinion that said uh, that the riverbed belongs to the state in an enabling act. When when it became a a state, the state gained ownership. Contrary to our precedent set before, contrary to our treaties, contrary to other decisions with other tribes. Coeur for example, same circumstances where our, our circumstances are even stronger to say we own it, and uh, and the United States Supreme Court said they own that riverbed. And so, uh, the, the meaning the tribe owns the riverbed at Coeur d'Alene. And so, in our situation, they come in and basically uh, reverse not only the 17 opinion, but they're claiming to reverse the 1936 opinion. And, uh, the M opinion and saying the state owns it not the tribe and that's where we're sitting right now and and what we asked them to do as our so-called trustee is we hired our own historians our own legal researchers and to, to, to go back and gather up and, and, and evidence our case even further and we asked them to wait until that was completed they did not they went ahead with their own staff review Uh, and and so-called research, and then pushed out this opinion. And ironically, this opinion came out a short time, just a matter of a week or two, a couple weeks, uh, even less, than uh, a sit-down meeting between Senator Hovind, Governor Burgum, and the President of the United States. And so, you know, obviously, great suspicion that it was an executive pushdown to get that thing resolved, get it done, get that opinion out. The state owns that. And that's where we stand today.
1: I was going to ask you where Governor Burgum, Congressman Kramer, Senator Kramer, Senator Holven, if you've heard from them at all, have, have you heard specifically from any of them?
0: No. The only one that called us was after they already did the opinion, after they already told the state the following day uh, about, I think it's now maybe two weeks on Thursday, and I, I get a call from Secretary of Interior himself, And uh, we do know each other. And so he called my office directly. And and our conversation was less than two minutes, three minutes at the most. And he basically said, uh, this opinion is coming out. And, uh, you know, uh, we're certainly going to understand how you're going to feel. And, uh, you know, we're we're always in support of you and whatever, you know, uh, maybe there's some things we can talk about and work on. But uh, just to let you know that that opinion is done. And I had already heard that was contrary, but I put it out there anyway. I said, and I assume that this opinion is contrary to our ownership. And he said, yes, it is. But uh, we're willing to talk to you uh, uh, maybe down the line here in the future and, 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 and see what we can do. And, and that was it, hung up the phone. And so we've been in that mode ever since. But I expected that to be done. Uh, I, I've been involved with tribal leadership for a long time. I've been involved with government. I've been involved with uh, federal Indian law. I've been involved with a lot of things and and, and growing quite knowledgeable about about how the United States government acts and how state government acts. And so the bottom line is I expected them to, to have an unfavorable uh, opinion about our case. Was like, our lawyers didn't, but I did. And so I thought it was going to be political, and it is political. So basically, I think there was pressure that said, uh, reverse this, change it back to state ownership, and uh, because I think in the back of the minds of some con- congressional representatives and the state government, our, our our governor, and I say our, even though he's acting contrary to our ownership, and, and, and our senators, who are supposed to be our trustees, acting contrary to our ownership, so, so much for trustee, uh, you know, despite all that, you know, I knew that they were probably apprehension about uh this administration losing the election and 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 not being able to reverse it like they want to do, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So, uh, haven't expected it. We're not done fighting; it's far from over.
1: I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. So, this is, what we're talking about is the mineral rights underneath the Missouri River, so the riverbed, which is located on the MHA Nation that has been legally yours up until 2017?
0: No, up until 2020, just a month or uh, 2 weeks ago. Just oh, I'm sorry. Ago, the two, this 2017 opinion that came out said that yeah, tribe owns that. We're reiterating what the 1936 opinion says. Wait, uh, okay. And, and, and,
1: yeah i where, where did the where, where does this come from i guess how does all, like i've been talking with josh swanson from vogel law quite a bit he's been dealing with the wilkinson versus uh state of north dakota land trust with the lake Sakakawea flooding the land yeah. and they got army corps of engineer you know reports that say that the people own it and the state's going after that money too and it's yeah. been sitting in escrow and people have died and never even gotten that money and that sort of thing and exactly. it's, it's I I just it's it's so thematic that the state continues to go after the people's mineral rights when they've been they, I I guess I, I'm just I don't understand it I guess
0: you know I can explain it in one word one word it's greed. you know because the state sees a, a significant amount of money for the state coppers, and they go after it. And, and that's exactly what they did here. As I said, that, that opinion has been in since 1936. Why didn't the United uh, the state of North Dakota in nearly in 80-plus years ever come in and either legally challenge, file a lawsuit, uh, or, or raise the issue with the Interior? Why are you waiting now when there's hundreds of millions in escrow being deposited questioning ownership, and then saying, oh, we own that. And not only that, for the last, basically, Governor Burgum has been in for nearly four years, three and a half years, for over three years now, every time we tried to negotiate the tax agreement, this was brought up. It said, well, you know, we want to talk negotiation. We want to, We basically, they want to split the ownership, split the, the royalties. We said, now, why would we do that? We own it. You know, we're only here to talk about taxation. That we have to split because of a very bad case law coming out of New Mexico Supreme Court. And so we have to split the tax some way, somehow, or have dual taxation. Dual taxation is going to hurt development. We all want development. So we said we're only here to discuss tax. But they kept throwing it on the table, and we kept saying, no, it's not for discussion. Our elders, our people fought and died for that, and they're not going to relinquish that. And another important item along the lines that you're talking about in your case, you know, income to the state and the Corps, and then if the Corps says we don't need that anymore for lands, they give it back, which is what they did in 1984 for the three affiliated tribes. Uh, in 1984, the, a federal law was passed, uh, the Indian, uh, Fort Berthold Indian Minerals uh, uh, Restoration Act, and that basically said within the boundaries of the reservation, all that taken area that was taken on both sides of the riverbed that we took and ownership, we're returning that back. We're returning that back to the three affiliated tribes. And so that's been in hell since 1984. And so what we have never claimed, and I tell the governor this, you you have asserted ownership on not just taken area but riverbed as well on the missouri river north of our boundary and if there was oil to the south you would take that but ever all that oil that's below the river uh, uh to the north of fort berthold between fort berthold and williston you've taken you've taken ownership on that you've taken royalties on that taxes and everything else we haven't even made any claims because in 1851 the united states government said mha affiliate tribes you own 13 million acres And of that 13 million acres, it's all this river heading into Montana, down to Yellowstone, over back down to Yellowstone, and then back over to the Black Hills. That's all your land, 13 million, including that river. We've never made a claim for the the, the royalties and the, the revenue coming out of the land north of the reservation. And so we've just said, we've fallen back and said, well, you know, we haven't made that argument and we don't intend to. So our argument is, you own you you're collecting on that state leave ours alone we have an opinion saying we own it without a doubt within our reservation boundaries that riverbed and now since 84 all the uh taken area that's flooded as well so that's of course what we use for our nation and how we help our people but that, that's where it's been at so along the lines you're talking about exactly the state comes in and, and basically went after uh, individual uh, non-Indians off the reservation along that river. And here they are secondarily coming after, have been coming after uh, ownership on this. And instead of really doing a lot of profound, in-depth legal research that properly done, they simply use political uh, political leverage from the White House on down to basically say, change it, move it to this. This is the opinion you're gonna come out with. Because they wouldn't even let for our study. Their pages, you can you can you can whip through in five seconds their study, their legal research study. It, it accounts for less than a dozen pages, right? Ours is thousands of pages, thousands of pages of document of our ownership, document of our usage of the river, document of our economic reliance on that river, and, and history history for thousands of years, our ownership of that river. But they didn't even look at that, making their determination just two weeks ago.
1: Well, this is this is really interesting. I'm reading. Um, I, I went back into my email and I was looking at the responses from Senator Holvin and Senator Kramer, and I, I'd like to read these to you and get sure. your responses because I, I to to me they, they they contradict themselves in the same sentence, or I'm sorry, in the same in the same paragraph, and. Yeah. Okay, so here's Senator Holbins. the Department of Interior has finalized its review and determined that the state of North Dakota owns the mineral rights. This is an opportunity for the state and the tribe to work together to ensure that the mineral rights are under the Missouri River benefit all North Dakotans. I How, how does that an opportunity to work together when it's been finalized? Yeah.
0: It's been finalized. They take it away. You don't own it. We own it. It's our money. And, and, and that's, I, I guess, a way to work together. The only thing I can think of is because we're not going to stand still. Uh, they're trying to increase their leverage and their bartering by basically if we file a lawsuit in federal court to get this determined by a judge, not by some uh, inspector for the Department of Interior who has to answer to the president. Uh, we're we're gonna file a lawsuit, win the case, just like they did at Lane. It could be, and I, I don't, I can't speak on their behalf. Uh, I certainly ain't gonna try to. When I say they, I mean the governor and our congressional representatives. But I'm gonna I, I'm gonna guess, in my opinion, is that they they anticipate that they could use this latest M opinion and determination to get back to where they were trying to pull us at and say, let's figure this out. Let's just split this revenue. And and, and, and again, why why would we give up something that we know we own, regardless of how you politically uh, m- manipulated and maneuvered this last position?
1: Even Senator Kramer, with the Department of the Interior making its final decision, I hope North Dakota and the three affiliated tribes are now able to work together on a mutually beneficial solution. I, 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 I don't even understand that that's... I mean, that's literally contradicting yourself in the same sentence.
0: It is. It really is. But you, you can see by the choice of their words, they know that they're supposed to be our trustees. They represent the United States government. I don't know how much you know about federal Indian law, but when the United States became a government as it started in the Constitution, referencing, you know, about the supremacy of law, treaties with tribes is supreme federal law and there's other things about regulating intertribal trade and intercourse laws that were passed in with tribes only the tribes only the tribes uh i mean excuse me only the federal government can have a relationship with the tribes and the reason why that occurred was these these new colonies that turned into states were beginning to move westward forcing their way so what was happening is the tribes were, were minding their own business on their own lands by agreement with the United States government. And then some of these people, because the state gets overloaded, and, and oh, we, you know, I want to go and have my own land too. So they start crossing borders. They start crossing from the United States land into our lands, and they start stealing the land and start killing the native people and start pushing them out. Well, the United States government at that point in time says, we can't have that. It's causing wars. It's causing battles, and so we can't have that. And so the relationship has to be between the federal government and the tribes, and and and, and it's called a trusteeship, a trust relationship. And the United States government is the trustee. We are the beneficiaries of a trustee, just like you would in your your family or people do in, in private and public. It's a trust relationship. Somebody comes in and said, "On your behalf, we're going to manage these lands that you have remaining." And we're gonna own it or we're gonna have control over it and we're gonna manage it for your economic benefit and so that you will always have that and and that's that's the problem here now the federal government can change its tune after centuries and now decades and now most recently administrations where they come in and say you know, it really isn't in your best interest to have that, that oil and that revenue to better your people, to build schools, to build highways, uh, to take care of pay insurance, have health insurance. No, that that's really not in your best interest. It's better to go with the state who doesn't give a penny to Indian tribes to operate. Not one dime. And I'll go face-to-face with the governor and everybody else. Show me where state tax revenue goes to the tribe. They cannot.
1: And that's and really, I, I was going to ask you, is, is, that, is that how you look at it from your perception, is that they basically are now putting the state in charge of that revenue on your behalf?
0: No. What, the, what I'm saying, what they're doing is, I think that the, the, the congressional representatives well aware of what's going to happen here. Native America, other Indian tribes, who see this as a land grab, as a theft, a, a continual theft situation, of taking uh, trust resources from a tribe for their own benefit they have a federal hat to wear they're weary of it they know the pushbacks going to come from Indian country they don't like being the trustee and then violate their trust and so what they're basically saying is yeah behind closed doors get it over to the state because we're really behind the state and all this but over here uh, I, I, I you know that opinion came out and I sure hope you guys can just kind of work it out later that's what you're seeing.
1: Governor Burgum, has he come out and said anything publicly? I haven't gotten. I can't find any um, any comments from him or his staff on this. Has no. he has he been anywhere? I guess.
0: No, we we're supposed to have a meeting about ten days ago, but when an opinion came out and it's not, they, they, they canceled. They didn't follow through. I, I canceled it on us, and we we're going to talk about development in general and taxation and and what we can do to keep the drilling going. But you know what. Uh, you know, I, I I think he knew better. He knows me well enough, and he probably just said, "No need for us to meet now." So,
1: Well what's know. done is done. Now it's not. Well, honestly, what's done is done. It's on to the next, yeah. and, and and that's what I got to ask. So, what's next? Obviously, you guys are going back to court, huh?
0: Well, we're going to court. We haven't been in court. These are just. This is an opinion that comes out of the Department of Interior. They call it, you know, an inspector opinion. And, and like an inspector general, oh, and then okay. an interior. And this inspector general says, uh, uh, for, for Department of Interior, uh, we're, we're reversing this. It belongs to the state, not to the tribe. So they're reversing two M opinions, other laws that reference our ownership, other executive actions that reference our ownership, and, and now with a swipe of the pen, this basically says, not nope, not state owns that, but they're going to lose in court. We're going to go to court, and they're going to lose.
1: So this wasn't only done behind closed doors. This was done behind closed doors with security access. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, you you got to have, have good no security doubt. access to get to those levels. <laughs>
0: oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think everybody's aware that, you know, we're one of the few tribes that has elected to develop its trust resources, its energy resources, oil and gas a lot of tribes simply won't because they don't trust the federal government, and now those tribes are looking at us and say, see, see what they do.
1: Well, I was going to yeah. ask you about that. Is, from my understanding, the MHA Nation has had a very good relationship with the oil and gas producers in terms of you know in, what people would expect with Native Americans and energy producers. I was at Mandaree last year and talked to you, and we were. We were there celebrating a, a good donation, a generous donation by Crestwood and, and everything well, along those lines. And and when when I see something like this, how, how does this you know make you guys look at the oil producers? I guess.
0: Well, it's a, you know it is a good relationship, but you know, like any relationship, there's ups and downs, there's good and bad. You know whether you know, but we've had for the most part really good relationship with the producers because on taxation. We convinced them that this would resolve issues. They did that in two major changes in 2013, and then again in 2019. We had two dramatic uh, tax changes, uh, which we split the tax differently now. And the oil industry was behind us, and and so they basically said, "Look, guys, we got to keep away from dual taxation because we can't drill if you got if the state's taxing us and the tribe's taxing us. So work with the tribes." You know, they got all these roads to build and you're taking half the revenue away and you don't put a dime back. So let them retain more for the land they're expected to regulate and take care of, which is trust land. And that's where most of production occurs on. So this last change we had, 19, did that. We're now splitting at 80-20 on trust wells, but the state gets 80% on fee wells. Uh, and so about 70% of the production's on, on trust and 30% on fee. So they, they got ahead on fee. But, but here, back to your point, we do have a good relationship with the, with the producers. Now, on this issue of ownership, where some had drilled in, uh, some illegally, but some legally, but had drilled into the riverbed and taken oil were escrowing this money, Some of them are going to take a position that they think, well, it's resolved now, we have to do what I do. But I guarantee you a majority of them are very apprehensive because to follow suit with the the state government means that they're going to do things contrary to our ownership, and that's going to impact their other development on Fort Berthold. They want to keep a good relationship, so they're not all running around waving flags and saying, good job, North Dakota, oh, it's really cool now, you own that riverbed. They're apprehensive, they're like, that that's that's not necessary that shouldn't happen it's going to disrupt uh, uh, the battle between the state and the tribe is going to disrupt uh, productive uh, and and joint uh, development and so i know they're apprehensive about it in fact prior to this opinion coming out two weeks ago for last year we had one company we're working on a second one on fort berthold that wrote letters saying resolve the ownership and put it in the favor of the tribe, because this is how we'll get production done on Fort Berthold.
1: Final thoughts, uh, Chairman Fox, as we wrap up here. What do you want people to leave from this? Uh, I guess from your perspective, what do you want people to, to know? And if there's any action uh, that they can take on your behalf, just kind of take this opportunity to summarize.
0: In, in, in essence, it's a land grab based upon greed. And that's what it is. And people need to understand that ownership wasn't in dispute. For eighty some years, it was never in dispute, and not until oil got uh, developed underneath an escrow council created, uh, and uh, the dispute grew because the state of North Dakota wanted that money. My gosh, you've seen in the in the headlines, even former Senator Dorgan, who, who both of these senators have yet to compare to the length of his his uh, uh, tenure in the United States Congress, came out and said that that's preposterous you know, the, the three three thirty tribes have always owned that river and we've always taken that position federally. And, and, and so people need to understand that, you know, back when they were attempting to do this uh, since 2017 and when they stayed our opinion, the Bismarck Tribune, the Fargo Forum, and a number of other, other uh, magazines and uh, newspapers came out and said that's wrong in their editorials. That belongs to the tribe. It's nothing more than greed. You need to stop that state and leave them alone. They're doing a good job in their development, and they're changing the lives for their people and for their nation. They get where they get. We get. I have. I have nearly three hundred million dollars of infrastructure in the ground, and, and new schools with with roads, a hospital, a medical, all these different things. And so, m- my point being is is now they come in and during a pandemic of all things while we're 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 all like everybody else you know rushing around trying to figure out how to get past these significant losses we're suffering they dropped this on on top of our heads and and uh, very unethical and but you know what i'm not angry i'm just determined we are going to win this out and we are going to keep fighting